As a reminder to all of our Empaths Without Borders listeners out there, Sarah and I are not mental health professionals. Although we're professional in other ways. <laughs> and this podcast is not meant to be clinical advice. Uh, this is just our own perspective and our own inner work that we have done. And we hope that you enjoy regardless. Hey, everyone. This is just a little disclaimer that... There are some inconsistencies between Sarah and I in terms of volume in this episode. We will work on being better in the future, um, but I hope you enjoy the episode regardless. Welcome back to Empaths Without Borders, the podcast where we make your problem our problem. I am one of your hosts, Gen C. Gen C who? I'm never going to say no. <laughs> it's I'm a mystery. Another host, Sarah Mori. Um, and we are actually together in person. Yes. Standing, sitting very close together. Yeah, like a foot awkwardly. apart. Very awkwardly. Um, but you know, I think it's okay. We'll, it's we'll be Christmas fine. It's Christmas break, so... Yeah. We always joke that Jinsi's like our, really our oldest child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she's often, visit. we have visitation with her. Right. I mean, I feel like we have primary custody at this point. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Um, so we have her for Christmas this year. And I, I, you have me for Thanksgiving too. And you'll have me for Easter and 4th of July. And summer break. And summer break. <laughs> And all the things. <laughs> so, yeah, we're just hanging out here and we're like, hey, we need to podcast. Um, we've got a placenta cooking right now. Not quite in the oven yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. I was at a birth yesterday and one of my dozens of jobs that I like to do mm-hmm. is placenta encapsulation. <laughs> I know, and I've helped you out with it a couple times. It's been really fun, so... So I'll just leave it at that. And we're going to be joined here with Scout. Yeah, she's... A hot mess. She's going to um, insert herself yes. into this topic. Um, which is very ironic because we're going to be talking about border boundaries again. <laughs> uh, not borders. We don't have borders. That's the problem. We're going to be talking <laughs> about boundaries. And, you know, Scout doesn't really have a good sense of boundaries yes. so i'm always like ah oh, she's such a hot mess today and my wife's like isn't she always a hot mess <laughs> which is true but she goes in phases where especially if if nobody's around and i'm home all day all she does is sleep so my impression of her is that mostly and then she might get wild if other people are here but then that's all they see of her is how wild she is she doesn't handle that well Okay, sorry you guys, we just had to make an adjustment because I noticed that Sarah was popping up more on the recording than me. Maybe it's just because I'm a loud talker. Yes. And Sarah's a quiet talker. <laughs> but anyways, so we're going to talk about boundaries. I think we should talk more about boundaries today and like some more practical guidance 
and lots of people have lots of questions about what it actually means to set a boundary and what that looks like. Yeah. And of course we started talking, we already had this conversation a little bit in the car earlier. And then we're like, we should have just recorded this conversation. No, I feel like we should just constantly just go around with, like, just mic'd up. Um, we could have a reality TV show, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like dauntingly, like, going through a lot of things that are mundane to get to some solid gold. Well, then here's what we do. If we'll, we can even call it that. Well, I think that what we should do is we should just mic ourselves up permanently and then we can pay somebody else we can get sure. to the point where we're famous enough to pay somebody else to shift yeah, through just like the little cuts yeah no that's what we need to do we need to pay somebody else to go through all of our crap right um so anyways so sarah has a couple has um a list we we took notes uh, we did and it was like we jumped around quite a bit and so i think it was kind of like bullet points and maybe we can make something coherent of it now yes now that we've organized our thoughts um well we had started talking about situations where like how to i think a lot of times when we set a boundary we really desperately hope that as long as we set it it will be honored yes so all you have to do is not all you have to do is set it because to a lot of people that's really challenging to even set a boundary Mm -hmm. and you know in our first episode when we talked about boundaries we kind of talked about the importance of boundaries in kind of protecting our own mental health Mm -hmm. um but now this is kind of the second part of it which is so you figured out that this is a boundary that you need to set. What's next? And how do you actually enforce that? Right. So one thing, it's one thing to set a boundary like, hey, I don't like when this person does something. Or can you please not do that? And that takes a lot of hard work for some of us to like even speak up against that. But then we all are like, well, hopefully that was good enough. Like a reasonable person will just be like, oh, yeah. You know, like, let's use a super simple example, like, hey, Jency, you got to stop texting me after 10 o'clock. I just, I'm asleep. I don't like, I'm not, she's like, have I done that? Yeah, I was like, I was like racking my brain. I was like, have I done that? No. I probably have. You probably have. But it's not because you did it, but like, let's just say. It's an example. Like, oh, someone's been texting me late at night and it's annoying and. I finally get to the point where I'm like, hey, if I could just tell them that it annoys me, then it will stop happening and that's me speaking up and this person might not realize that I go to sleep early and wake up early and and I think the majority of us are like, oh, as long, you know, I told my friend that and she's going to be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mm-hmm. even think about it. But what happens when you have people in your lives that decide it doesn't matter? Or routinely cross those boundaries that you set up. Because some people will challenge boundaries because they don't like it. And that's why a lot of us are afraid to set boundaries because we don't want to upset the person. And so... um, Sorry, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we, have, we upset the person, right? And so it's like, oh, I don't want to... 
rock the cart and so I won't even set it but then you do hoping like oh this person will just acknowledge that but some people like I don't like that I'm gonna ignore it I'm gonna push back on it because I'm used to being I'm used to getting my own way I'm used to like nobody has boundaries around me because I bulldoze them so the problem becomes like okay you set the boundary but what happens if they choose to steamroll it yeah like what are the consequences of somebody actually crossing your boundaries and also kind of one of the things that I had kind of brought up in our conversation earlier was where's the line between setting up and enforcing those consequences and putting forth an ultimatum Yeah. because ultimatums don't really work. Like if you think about things like, I remember like, you know, on MTV intervention and that's like the big thing where it's like, this is an intervention. This is an ultimatum. Those have a really low success rate. Right. right? And so what, where's the line between setting up consequences for somebody if they decide to jump over those boundaries and um, giving ultimatums. Because I think that's a hard line to traverse. Yeah, so a lot of us, like, when we think about executing a boundary, that's what comes to our minds. Like, oh, well, I'm just giving this weird ultimatum. Like, if you do this again, this is what I'm going to do. And, and... In my mind, it gets super confusing, but I wanted to share uh, an analogy that my Reiki master taught me, or like when she was talking about boundaries, is the idea of like being in a prison, and there's walls around the perimeter of the prison, and so the boundary is you're not allowed to go past these walls. They also have guards in the tower with guns, lest you decide to go over the boundary. Mm -hmm. Here's what will happen to you if you choose to go over the boundary. You'll get shot. And so (laughs) it's kind of a good way to think about it because by telling someone that, that's not an ultimatum, right? Like, if you go over this boundary, I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's like, here's what will happen. Yeah. And I want to get to the ultimatum thing in a second, but... um, you, but you also have to be ready to follow through should you set a boundary. Because it will happen. And again, a lot of us are like, well, hopefully it just won't. Like, hopefully no one will do that. And then I won't have to worry about it. Yeah. But are you prepared, like, say there's a person in your life that you just keep telling, like, no, I don't like when you do this. I don't like it. And maybe you haven't... I don't... I think we should talk to you about, like... I don't know if you necessarily always have to state what's going to happen. Yeah. Because that does, that I think, feels more ultimatum Yeah, like it feels like it, because, you know, I think a, a, a way that boundaries, like a way that you could communicate your boundaries to somebody is saying something along the lines of, okay, my boundary is blank. If you don't respect that, this is what's going to happen. And that does feel like an ultimatum. Right. But it depends because I'm thinking about the example of like, say, Jinsi's texting me all night long. And I'm like, Jinsi, please, I'm trying to sleep. I have to have my phone on because 
I'm on call, and you continue to do that. The an ultimatum might be like, I don't, I don't even know what that would be. If you don't do that, I'm never speaking to you again. Right. Instead, I could be like, Hey, I've asked you not to do this. I'm gonna just silence you, and I may not be able to see your texts anymore because I can't. Yeah. Risk. Because I need my sleep, so I can't risk that happening. And you don't even necessarily have to say that outright. Right. Right? That's something that I was like... Because I was talking to Sarah about a very like specific situation mm-hmm. in my life. And she was we were talking about these consequences. And... Or, you know, she was, she was like telling me like, okay, so you had these, you had these boundaries... So what happens now that this person like crossed over those boundaries? Like what are the consequences? Well, so in your situation, you know, this person continually crossed over a boundary. It was making you very upset. And you finally told them like you can't you can't do that anymore. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to listen. And then they continue to do it. So then what? Yeah. I think the go-to for people like you or I is like, well, now I either have to keep explaining myself or or I'm still frustrated all the time because it almost like you start like, oh, I'm just mad at this person because they're not respecting my boundaries. Mm-hmm. But there's no follow-through action for them to like, like this is what happened because you didn't, you chose not to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it's always kind of a fine line between telling someone what's going to happen versus like you just do the action anyway. Yeah. And maybe that's like splitting hairs a little bit because the bigger thing is like setting, like actually following through on something. something. But I think people who are naturally more timid about setting a boundary and then executing... Like, our first thought is, well, I know they crossed a boundary, but maybe I didn't make myself very clear. And that's exactly what I, what I said in the car. I was like, yeah, you know, when I did set that boundary, I don't think I made the consequences of what would happen very clear. Or maybe I didn't make my boundary very clear. Or yeah, maybe they didn't get it, so maybe I need to give them another chance. Oh. And it almost turns back on, like, we start to self-blame. Like, oh, this must be something I did or didn't do that this person isn't respecting my boundary. Yeah. that's ex- <laughs> No, and I was like, that's exactly what I'm like. like so you start second-guessing. Yeah, yourself. and I'm like, well, maybe, well, maybe I should, maybe I should let this person know what my boundaries are again. I need to give her another chance to like hear me very clearly. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that happens is that you start to second guess yourself needing that boundary. Like if this person's not following through, like maybe it's too harsh of a boundary or do I really, am I really like, I don't know, sometimes I do that, like, I don't know why it's, like, continually making me softer and softer. I don't know what's going on either, Sarah, because I'm, 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 like, very far away from the, 
the mic and I'm much louder than you are. I think it'll turn out fine, but... We'll be okay. I'll do a disclaimer at the beginning. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, you almost start to second guess your own boundary. Like, well, maybe it's not that big a deal. Yeah, or maybe I'm just being sensitive. Yes, that's a big one. Like, maybe I'm just being too sensitive or... What's the big deal? Like, so Jinsu texts me in the middle of the night. Like, why does that bother me? Yeah. Uh, why I'm kind of like, I'm judging myself because why should something not minor ears hate me? Or like in your non-specific example. <laughs> um, well, we could, eat, we could go all kinds of ways. Like maybe this person isn't capable. Or like... I, like, I don't know, like, I think also there's a lot of, um, it can feel really difficult to kind of enforce those boundaries, because um, maybe you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're going to be hurt more. Right. Right. And so, and or, I, or you're inviting in a lot more work. Yes. Like, now I have to enforce... The, and maybe it's the step of actually even doing the boundary in the first place is, like, it's going to take a shit ton of work to, like, keep this person... Yeah. and At arm's length. And maybe that person's not even at the place where they can... are able to process the fact that this is a boundary of mine. Right. Right? Or that this is something that... Um, hurt me. Right. Right. And that, it, get, it gets confusing because if that person starts telling you like, well, I don't see what the big deal is. You're, like you said, like you're being sensitive. Mm-hmm. You're, or you're overreacting. Yeah. Or placing blame for different reasons. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's really hard. I guess, do you have any suggestions, Sarah? Because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Because I think the scary part is of holding a boundary is that it might upset the other person. Yeah. And and then in a way, you're like, but I'm... Sometimes I'm like, I'm not really rescuing a different person. I'm rescuing myself from more trouble. Which I don't do often. <laughs> I mean, I do, because I don't want to, like, put myself in situations where I'm going to be hurt, but also, like, I continually am still being hurt. So, like, put, like, setting myself up to a point where I am not feeling as hurt or not putting myself in situations to get hurt. Mm. But that's a lot of avoiding, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Sarah, like, just, like, looked at me, like, right? Right? There's the right answer here. No, but, like, the fear is this person's going to be angry at me. That will cause me more problems. It could potentially hurt me more. And is that something... Then you start weighing that against the original boundary, like, well, maybe it's... That's not worth having, so maybe it's better to just suck it up and put up with the person texting me in the middle of the night. Right? Yeah. Because the consequences could be a loss of that relationship, them saying something terrible to you, all kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. 
So the inner work here <laughs> oh. is not deciding whether it's worth having a boundary. It's, I think we talked about this in one of the first ones about boundaries is like deciding that you're worth having that boundary mm -hmm. is the first step. The second step is releasing attachment to the outcome of having a boundary. Also, I feel like having a realistic boundary, mm -hmm. right? Like I think that there's certain, there's certain things that we would like to see change um, just in our relationships with people, but is that going to be realistic for that person to do or for you to enforce? Right. So, yes, yeah, so like... It shouldn't be extreme either, like, unless you're ready for that, like... Like, your example is, like, an extreme boundary is, like, Jinsi, if you text me again in the middle of the night, I'm, we're never going to be able to talk again. Yeah. It could be something like, hey, I need to just silence you for a while. I don't know how long that's going to be to feel, like, respected again. But, mm -hmm. you know, that... Again, I'm using a silly example, but it's just easier <laughs> to use than, like, so that's an, ex like, can I enforce, like, I'm never talking to you again because that's unrealistic, right? Like, eventually I'm going to want to talk to Jinsi again. And so then, in a way, if you can enforce it and you make something extreme and unrealistic, then you're also sending the message that you're not, like, that's not actually a real consequence because you took it back. Mm -hmm. And it, you're almost like taking away power from yourself. Right. Did you have a different example of like an unrealistic boundary? Um, well, you know, thinking about, I guess what, um, setting a boundary that maybe the person is not capable of doing, right? Like what? Like, I'm trying to think of, um, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, like, I guess, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, maybe like something, setting a boundary with your kid, right? If it's something that they don't have like the emotional bandwidth, to do and I can't think of an example um right now like if you throw another temper tantrum to like your toddler I'm gonna take away all your toys yeah like I think that that's an unreal like if you're talking to a toddler and you're trying to set a boundary with a toddler and you're like don't like you can never like I, my boundary is, is that I will not accept you throwing a temper tantrum that's not they're not capable of doing that right and you know there's other things um you could be like like that's a good example of like okay you can hold both things to be true like okay i can understand my toddler's not capable of containing his emotions and i still have this boundary like you're allowed to be angry if you want to go in your room and scream and say mean things you you can I'm just not going to be a, you can't hit me mm. or ruin anything. Yeah. Like you can still have those emotions and it, my, my limits are what, um, what I'm going to tolerate you doing with those emotions. Yes. And yeah. So I think that like, 
there's just some things that um, people don't have the emotional bandwidth to mm. do. That one is hard for me. Especially if you're talking about kids is one thing. Adults, yeah. then it, it's like a fuzzy line between like excusing someone's behavior and scouts outside still trying to join the conversation. But yes. excusing someone's behavior versus like a, realizing a limit of theirs. Yeah, and I guess like I guess that the only reason why I bring that part up is that um I think that when you're coming up with boundaries if you like I understand like I understand what you're saying. Right, that it's really it's difficult to have excuses for somebody else's it feels like an excuse like well I can't have that boundary because they aren't capable of holding that boundary like oh they're just gonna keep yeah calling me anyway so I can't they're not capable of not well and I guess that I it's more I think that I'm talking about something maybe a little bit different um I guess like one of the things we talked about in the car earlier was um if you're thinking about, I guess, confronting somebody about crossing over your boundaries, what's your intent behind confronting them about it? Is it, is it that you want them to change? Because mm. um, if they don't have the capabilities to change, then you're kind of setting yourself up to be hurt further, right? right. Like, Because you're expecting something that they just aren't capable of doing. Right. And so it's more, it's it, again, it's more of like a protective thing. Um, so like not necessarily giving them an excuse, but realizing their capabilities and what they can, and they are or are not capable of. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Cause I was thinking more of like, Oh, I set a boundary. Like, um, I don't know. And then, you're just like, oh, they're not capable of not screaming at me or something. But you're talking more about like like the whole going back to the releasing attachment to the outcome. And like what you said, the, the premise should be like, what do you want out of this? So even if someone's really capable or not, it kind of doesn't matter. It's more like if your intent in setting a boundary is to like be heard and understood... And like, oh, if I just tell them, or if I just set this, they'll they'll get it. And then I'll get what I need. Yeah. And releasing that idea of like, um, they may not get it. I might not get what I need. They might not be able to hold the boundary, and so I have to not have this or this with this person. Yeah. They might get angry, and... That's so I have to be okay with that. And so that's the, like, when I talk about releasing attachment to the outcome, like getting to a place where they're allowed to have their own reaction as, as reasonable or unreasonable as it might seem to you. Yeah. And that's not the point of why you had to set the boundary. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I think that... Um, that's something that I really, really struggle with. And I think that for certain 
relationships, it's more difficult than others. I think that for, for some people, it's easier to set those boundaries with say like a boss Mm -hmm. or a coworker. It's much more difficult to set those boundaries up with family members or even like close friends. Right. Right. So I, it's something that I really struggle with. Um, yeah, so you have to kind of discern when you're setting a boundary. Even setting and then executing the boundaries. Like, what's your intent? Like you said, of I need this for me to yeah. feel safe and comfortable. Yeah, whereas, like, I think that where you can maybe get into some trouble is if you go into that interaction with the intent of getting the other person to change. Right. Or hear you or... Yeah. Because sometimes that isn't... They're not capable of doing that. Yeah. That, I get I get what you're saying now. Like... Yeah. Like, well, they may never see it your way and be like, that's a stupid boundary and I hate it and I don't like it and on and on. But like... Um, <laughs> Sorry. It? Scouts harassing your... Uh, your tenant <laughs> she she's coming back with laundry and scouts just barking at her <laughs> that's her like please come over here bark <laughs> sorry but, i got um, them very distracted anyways anyway just like yeah again i really want you to understand this and respect it and that's just not some people aren't going to like that capable or not like i think most people are extremely capable of doing anything you ask or being they're capable of hearing you they just are choosing not to yeah I mean I do think that there's some people who don't have the skills necessary to to do those to like I guess process those reasons your reasons right yeah uh, there, I do think that there are. I think that I do think that there are some people that just don't. They just don't have the, like I said, the, the emotional bandwidth. They don't have the, the skills and the experiences that help them actually. I guess, comprehend why you're making those boundaries. Right. Like they're they're. It's almost um, like a very. I don't know, like, it's, like, people with certain trauma responses, right? Mm -hmm. Who are stuck in this way of handling conflict that is very stunted. Right. Right? They they just don't have... They've never learned those conflict resolution skills Mm -hmm. to to really say, like, okay, I see it from your perspective. Right. It's, like, I'm only concerned about how this impacts me. Right. And that's tough because the people who are less likely to set boundaries, that's what you're worried about. That's the whole reason you don't set them in the first place. That's like the entire reason for my existence, Sarah. (laughs) That's all I think about ever. Right. So I'm like, it's very scary. Yeah. Because there's high consequences for you to set a boundary. Yeah. It's like when... I think it was like in our first episode, Sarah, when we were talking about how we used to rotate our stuffed animals when we slept at night. 
right? Right. <laughs> because we didn't want to hurt the stuffed animal's feelings. Right. Like, I'm so concerned all the time with hurting others' feelings. And what that's going to do to you, like, again, like, it could come back and hurt me worse, mm-hmm. that person's reaction. Um, you might lose a relationship with that person. With my stuffed animal. With your stuffed animal. <laughs> he may be angry at you forever. I was also, like, very traumatized by, like, I always thought, I mean, I kind of thought that, like, Toy Story or, like, what's that one? It was, like, where the, like, the horror movie where the toys came to life. I don't know. Chucky? Yeah, maybe. Or something? I was, like, super, anyways, that's, I digress. But, yes, you can be so concerned that you're going to lose a relationship or that, I mean, I'm constantly just trying to avoid feeling, like, that crappy feeling of just like I guess like I'm like I've disappointed somebody or that I hurt somebody else right because a lot of times it does get twisted on you like so you say I don't like this the other person decides to steamroll it you decide like okay I told you I didn't like it can you if you do this again you know I have to do this and that happens and that person then that person and maybe yourself is like Oh, it's the boundary that caused this conflict, not instead the blame, Mm -hmm. the blame should be on the person, the person's behavior that caused you to have to have a boundary. Yeah. Well, it gets twisted very easily by yourself internally and others by mm -hmm. being like, well, no, no, no. The only reason we're having a conflict is because you spoke up for yourself. Yeah. And I do think that in a, in a lot of ways, sometimes it does feel like things may get worse before they get better mm-hmm. in those situations. And kind of along with that, setting yourself up to feel better in the long run. Yes. Rather it's, than... Um, it's a short-term gain to avoid conflict and boundaries. Yeah, like it may, it feels, it may feel really crappy in the moment and um thinking like re reframing it to be like it it may suck right now to set this boundary and to enforce that boundary like confront somebody if they cross that boundary mm-hmm. and you're pro- you're doing it to protect your future self yes from feeling hurt yeah and that's a huge idea because i think you're right spot on this whole idea of like yeah, in the short term, you're choosing the easier way out. Like, I can avoid this person being mad. I can avoid a huge blowout. Like, because you typically know if that person is going to do that to you. Yeah. Um, I can just avoid all that if I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things, a lot of times I hear from people are like, but you don't understand what would happen if I actually enforce this boundary like it'll be really bad and ugly. yeah but what people don't understand is the reason it's that bad and ugly is because that person's probably never had anyone stand firm with their boundaries because there's always like ooh, that's gonna get really messy like walk, walking on eggshells right and, and this is gonna be messy them. and then but it built like you're building a monster about like 
like the longer you avoid putting up a boundary, the worse the reaction will be in the long run because they're so not used to that happening. And so then you get into more and more avoidance because you know the reaction will be bigger and bigger and bigger the longer you don't to the point where you're like, I could never do, like you wouldn't understand the blow up that would happen if I did that. Yeah. And that can be really scary, but like you said, think, switch, like the reframe of the long-term gain to your own peace. Yeah, like I can continue on this cycle that I find myself in and continue to get hurt or I can, you know stand my ground and really reinforce what my boundaries are and have like consequences if you cross those boundaries to protect myself in the long run so that in the future um potentially hopefully I won't be in a situation where I'm going to get hurt again right and but like you said it often does get worse before it gets better and I think if you know that going in you might be able to brace yourself more yeah. instead of like, I think, again, we all have the hope that maybe this time, maybe it'll just be fine. Yeah. And then if it doesn't, then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done it. This is not a very encouraging podcast. <laughs> We're like, well, I it's... love being realistic because it's, it's the long game. <laughs> I know. And so then if you're like, first, not that you shouldn't be hopeful, but like, I think we set ourselves up for, almost being more hurt sometimes if you're like, but maybe it just will be fine and, and this person won't react. They're probably like, but if you can brace yourself, like they're going to react, it might be bad, but the next time I have to do it, it will be a little bit easier. Yeah. And yeah, I guess like, I like how you said keeping it realistic. Cause we've talked, we've talked about this before too. Um, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I'm trying to remove the word but from my vocabulary. I've been trying to for years. Um, But anyways. I said it again. And anyways. (laughs) um, I think that a lot of the times we want the the quick fix, right? Mm -hmm. We want the the diet pill. Right. Like the one thing that we can, we can just take this one thing. We don't have to worry about it. And we'll get instant results. Yeah, and like I'll set a boundary, it'll work, then we can live peaceably forever and ever, and this will be great. Yeah, and the reality is that that's not super realistic in that um, there needs to be some work, and that there also may be some setbacks. So you want to think about it more like practice. Yeah, right? Like, like you. That was big, and it was uncomfortable, and I'll have to do it again. Yeah. But like, every time I'm getting better at it. If we want to, if you play any instrument, you're not, I mean, there are some people who are musical prodigies. Sure. But we're not talking about those people. No. But when um, you first pick up an instrument, you're not going to be amazing at it. You only get better by practicing. Right. And if you start playing an instrument and you're not good at it the first time and you just give up, then you're never going to be good at playing. Right. Like you're never going like to make any progress. I like to like a muscle. Yeah. Like if you go to the gym and you've never worked out before, 
you're going to go work out and the next day you're like not going to be able to move or you're not going to be able to lift what everyone else is lifting. And it could be really discouraging if you assumed that it would be easy or like, well, yeah, I'll just do that. But if it's like, I've never done this before, I've never used this muscle, of course it's going to take me lots of practice to build up that muscle. Yeah. And, and so back to the boundary thing is like, okay, so reframe it like a practice. Again, I don't think it's a negative thing to be like, oh, I'm expecting the worst more than a realistic be like, yeah, that could happen. Like that person might be upset. Yeah. And, and then you can kind of think through how will I handle that? Like if I'm pretty sure this person will be upset, it would be great if they weren't, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that will happen. And how can I hold myself close and take care of me while they're going through their thing? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of, you know, Dom kind of mentioned that in our podcast with him, right? Mm -hmm. About talking to people who are in jail or prison waiting to go to court. And I've all, I've been in like a similar situation, right? Where I've worked with lots of kids who just have so much anxiety about going to court. Like they're just so anxious about what the judge is going to say. And I'm just like, okay, so like what's the worst possible thing that could happen? Right. And what can you do to, What's in your control? Yeah, what's in your control? Like, what can you advocate for yourself? Like, what what can you do to prevent that thing from happening? And then if that's if that worst-case scenario still does happen, what's your plan for how you're going to handle it? Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, don't go in just expecting that that's going to happen. Right, but, like, being firm, again, in what you believe, like, just because that person has a reaction... And this is what I'm still working at personally. Same. Because I'm like, oh, if that person has a negative reaction, it wasn't something I should have had a boundary about. Mm, gotcha. So they're like, dictating like, oh, they reacted really upset. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Maybe or... I need to back off. I didn't really mean it. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't mean to be that, like, then it becomes like, maybe I was too harsh or maybe, you know, if I made someone that upset, maybe I was wrong. I, I often feel a lot of guilt. Yeah. After setting the boundary, even just setting the boundary, not even when somebody crosses the boundary, I feel a lot of guilt. I'm like, oh, maybe I should have tried to be more understanding of them or maybe I right. should have tried to help them. I should understand I've... their viewpoint or their process more than mine or like who's to say like they needed this and I needed this and I guess I should just give them that yeah and and so really getting strong and like you are worthy of having that and it has <coughs> their reaction has nothing to do with whether or not you should have had that boundary yeah so letting go of their reaction being tied to you. Which is easier said yes. than done. And that's part of the reason why this podcast is called Empaths <laughs> Without Borders. Because <laughs> so yeah, we struggle, both Sarah and I struggle with that. Getting back to like, okay, 
the reaction might be pretty extreme and it might cause not just an extreme reaction, but that person pushing even harder against your boundary like a test. Ooh, yeah. And so I think of the analogy of like, it's silly because no one would go into someone's garden because they have such great vegetables nowadays. But I'm like... <laughs> I would. <laughs> I, would, I would think like, okay, you have this field of pumpkins. And this person like every year like, oh, well, he grows pumpkins and I'm just going to go help myself to pumpkin, right? And so the farmer eventually gets mad and puts up a big fence. That person's not going to be like, oh, there's a fence there. I guess I, I shouldn't go get a pumpkin. They're going to be like, how do I get over the fence? Mm-hmm. So they climb over the fence and the farmer puts up a bigger fence. And the person's like, maybe I can knock this fence down. And so they might increase the behavior until they realize they can't do that anymore. Yeah. And that's, again, not like expecting the worst, but that also has no impact on whether or not the farmer should, like, the farmer's not like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have put a fence up because he's getting real mad. No. <laughs> That's weird. Why, like... It makes a lot more <sighs> sense with that concrete of it, right? Yeah. That's... You're like, oh, duh. <laughs> Sarah just, like, made me have, like, a realization. I'm very mad now. <laughs> <laughs> I just did, too, because I... Had... <laughs> oh, God. This is just a joint therapy session <laughs> with Sarah and our... So if... If you wouldn't blame the farmer for putting up a fence, Ugh. and then the farmer's sitting there worrying, like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe that fence was too high for, like, someone just taking pumpkins. And eventually you have to put, like, a electric fence up, and the person's getting shocked by it, and you're like, maybe that's harsh. <laughs> The problem is the person taking the pumpkins, not that you have a fence up to protect your pumpkins. I know. Gosh, Sarah, that's not... <laughs> so, we're going to end there. I'm like, that's just like, I'm just having like, I I really appreciate this podcast because I do feel like it's it's helpful and I love talking to you. Sometimes I'm like, man, this podcast is just giving me existential dread about everything. Like, what's the point? What is the point of like anything I'm just like nobody knows anything I'm just I'm I don't even know anymore Sarah did we touch on all of the things on our list the only thing we have is how to actually have the conversation I guess we touched on it a little in that like I think it really you do have to do some reflection on it's not a simple, straightforward, like, okay, here's how you say it, and here's what you do, and, you know, if if you do this again, here's what might happen, and that's just my boundary because I'm protecting myself, or I'm trying to explain it to a person. I think it depends on the person you're interacting with, whether or not a, you have to have a conversation, or you just do it, like... Yeah... You know, I'm thinking of, like... I do I do think that they're, like... You know, we talk about, like, the I feel statements. Mm-hmm. I think that focusing on those, like, I feel statements. Like, because if you're setting up a boundary, it's probably because 
you were hurt in some way or you felt you felt some type of way about somebody right um crossing or something you need or something that you need right and but that's like an emotional thing so like those i feel statements like i feel blank when blank and I think it's really hard because um, when it comes to I feel statements, it's really easy to say like, Sarah, I feel really hurt when you mm-hmm. push me. <laughs> Which I have done. I, have done. <laughs> I don't think I've pushed in But I'm sorry <laughs> I have. I didn't mean it. That was just an example. But right, like it's... It can be easy to still fall into, like, this, like, blame thing. Like, I feel blank when you blank. But it's still, it's not necessarily that. It's more like, I feel blank when this thing happens to me, right? Like, I I feel feel hurt when I'm pushed around. When I'm, like, invalidated. When I'm not listened to. Like, stuff like that. And I I think, though, there's some people that I feel statements don't work for. That's true. Because if they can't relate to someone else's emotions, they won't, it doesn't matter. So it can be more of a direct, like, this isn't okay with me. Well, and I do think that for some people that does have to be the conversation. Because sometimes there is some very direct things that somebody does, right? Right. Well, and I'm thinking of the pumpkin analogy. Yeah, like you're stealing my pumpkin. The farmer doesn't need feelings about how it makes him feel. That's true. I mean, he's probably angry. He might be angry, but he doesn't have to be like, look, it makes me super angry when people steal pumpkins. (laughs) Like, just don't steal pumpkins. It's wrong to steal pumpkins. And if he made it about himself, it would sound more like, I, I don't know, like my... Pumpkins aren't for free. That's it. Yeah, that's true. No one can take my pumpkins, and I don't need to give my pumpkins away to anybody. And so if we're thinking about that kind of in the boundary in the boundary um, conversation, right? Like, I think it's okay for you to say, I'm... I'm not okay I, with this. I'm not... I'm no longer putting myself in the... I'm no longer putting myself in a position to be hurt by you anymore. Right. To be hurt anymore. I like the phrase, I'm no longer available. I'm no longer available. I do like that. I'm no longer available for your bullshit. Yes. (laughs) And then you don't have to, you might be like, I'm no longer available for your bullshit. If I hear it again, I'm just going to have to leave the room. Yeah. That could be a really simple thing. Or you just leave the room. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're stopping it, I'm no longer available, and the person's like, oh, yes, you are, because I'm following you around, giving you my bullshit, then you have to like, follow through with some, Yeah, like, here's how I'm not going to be available. Yeah. I removed myself. Or like, a toddler. Like, you can have a fit. I'm going in the other room and reading a book. Yeah. Um, and so... I guess someday I want to talk, like, I know the I feel statements are, like, kind of the traditional way to, like, communicate. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I feel. feel. <laughs> okay, sometimes I use I feel not to, like, I feel sad when this. Mm-hmm. It's, like, my way of, like, my, my perspective is, 
I'm mm. not tr- I'm not necessarily like this is a fact and you need to listen. It's like I feel like this is how I think about it. Yeah. So th- that's why I say I feel. But it's kind of like the traditional sometimes even in therapy, like couples therapy is like if I can just get you to understand how I'm feeling, you'll change your behavior. Yeah. And that's what the I feel like sure if you have some type of that level of communication and that person's really like oh my gosh I had no idea but even when you are I think sometimes that gets twisted because you're like I was giving you the example of like you know when you forgot to pick me up from school today I felt really hurt Mm -hmm. and the other person might be like well that it's not that you don't understand how they felt but you're like well I had a car accident and I wasn't able to pick you up from work yeah or school so like I understand that you felt hurt so you almost have to invalidate their feeling because <coughs> it's like but that wasn't what happened like I didn't I not, didn't forget about you right and I can see why you might have thought that like that might be a natural thing mm. to like start to be like oh my gosh she forgot about me and yeah I feel small and all this stuff yeah. so But I think in general, the I feel statements go down the wrong road of like, if I can just make you understand me, you'll stop. Yeah. And so it almost has to be like, no, this is, I just don't like, like, I don't, I'm not okay with this. I'm not available for this. It's not okay with me. Well, and like you said, like releasing, then releasing attachment to it. Like if somebody doesn't understand you and isn't willing to understand you, maybe you, yeah, like shouldn't be available for them to right. continue to, I don't want to say, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, continue to, I guess, violate those be- those boundaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we really answer the question about how to have those. How to have it. Well, it brought up another thought in my head of like, the problem sometimes with I feel is that we often feel the need to explain why we have a boundary. Oh, yeah. And it has to be a legit explanation for mm-hmm. it to count. And and almost you start asking permission of that other person. Like, here's the reasons why I have this boundary. Because I have all these feelings about it. And, and that opens the door to, like, that person being like, well, you shouldn't feel that way or whatever. It's almost like I have to explain myself. So you understand why. Yeah. And there's situations where you just don't have to. Like, you don't owe anyone if, you know, here's a good example. So Jincy invites me over for dinner. And I don't want to go. I don't owe Jincy a reason why I'm not going to go to dinner. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe one day I'll have the conversation with, like, you know, I hate your cat. <laughs> like, that's why I never... <laughs> I don't have a cat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. every or... time I go to your house, you end up getting angry at me, and then we don't speak for a week. So, I, like, someday you may need to have a conversation like that. Yeah. But at the same time, if Jinsi were like, well, why, why aren't you coming? Well, I just... I'm just not available. Yeah. I don't owe Jinsi a reason why I'm not going to come to her house on Friday. And if Jincy proceeds to be like, well, I need to know why you're not able to come on Friday. Like, tell me, 
And I'd be like, well, I'm going to another friend's house. Well, who? What's, what's your friend's name? Like, why can't you? That's like, you don't, I don't owe her. Yeah. And that's another way to step over a boundary of like, you don't need, you can't have the boundary unless I, it, val- yeah. I know, I think you have a legit reason for the boundary. And it's almost like, it's almost a way of like, like honestly, I don't even, I don't think it's quite gaslighting, but it's almost like gaslighting the other person into getting to that point where they're like, well, maybe it's not okay for me to have this boundary. Yeah. Like, like it has to be okay with somebody else. And that's a lot of a trap that a lot of us fall into is like, I need someone else to make sure this boundary is okay. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, that's probably a good place for us to end, but I don't know if we really answered the question. Um, I will say that, you know, as a, as a reminder, Sarah and I are not professionals. And nor, the more, nor do we play any on TV. And no, we do not. And this is difficult and hard. And I think that's a great place to end, Sarah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. And hopefully we can do more this week. Yay!